you would have had me in this interview like six months ago, even like a year ago, like it would have been a different person in this interview. Like I've gone through so many changes and I'm so excited for like my career and the things that I'm going to do. Like, I just know I'm going to do dope shit. I feel like when, uh, when Dave Chappelle was talking about Kanye, when he got on the show, he's like, I'm dope and I do dope shit. I'm like, you really have to feel like that about yourself. Like you, when, when Kanye told, he's, I mean, say what you want about Kanye being crazy, whatever else. Jam. It's your girl, Tana Marie, and I'm interviewing with The Jam Company. Jam. What's your story? Um, my story, okay. I was born and raised here in Vegas. Um, my mom was a singer back in the day. She was a showgirl. She used to perform in Aruba and stuff like that. And she just never followed through with it because she's like a homebody and doesn't like to travel. So um, I've always had music in my life from like a young kid. My mom would play everything between my parents. Like my mom would play all the oldies and like my dad would play the rock and hip hop. So like that's how I kind of got so... I would say my music taste was so eclectic because I kind of grew up with everything and then of course my own stuff growing up. Um, but yeah, I grew up here in Vegas. I went, um, I went to Valley High School. I met a lot of people, did music stuff there sometimes and um, I was mostly in sports though. So I was like the jock in high school, but like the nerdy jock because I did theater too. So, um, And then I just started to really just love writing. I think I just started with poetry mostly. And then um, went to Virginia, did an apprenticeship um, after college, and um, decided to do Fredericksburg Idol, and that's kind of what really like jolted me into doing music. Um, I won that, so I won some money and like a contract to do some recording. Never got to do the recording though, because I left. Um, but while I was there, I met Kane, which is um, a rapper out on the East Coast, and he put me on his album, and he kind of planted that seed of like, hey, you should do this but I didn't know like it would be where it's at right now. Um, I didn't really start singing until like my own music until 2000 and I want to say 19, the end of 2019. Um, I met Smokey Tone. He's huge here in Vegas for uh, poetry and he does a lot of stuff with the community. Um, <clears throat> and he, they were doing a talent showcase at the Boulevard Mall and I grew up right next to the Boulevard Mall. So I was like, cool. And yeah, that kind of just started everything. I started going to open mics and then I went to the jam, which was held at Ninja Karaoke every Mondays. And uh, they were like, can you feature? Like I was my first night there and I was like, uh, sure. And it just kind of started rolling from there. And every weekend I was featured at Classic Jewel, Cork and Thorn, just, I did container park like for an hour that was wild because it's a huge stage and I'm like it was my first really big stage and by myself um yeah and it just I love it it just made me want to keep going and now I'm in sad art collective which is a group of independent artists all rappers I'm the only girl I rap too but like you know just they're all just like I have two singers actually my producer and a storyteller they sing but it's pretty cool it's been fun yeah. I'm excited to see where it all goes yeah, it sounds like you like all the experiences are snowballing right now. Yes, and it's it's crazy because I got really, I would say kind of depressed after, I think a lot of us did when COVID hit because I had just started kind of peaking here in Vegas, like where I was starting to get noticed and things were happening and then everything stopped. And I was like, now what? Because that had been after my divorce, that had kind of been the thing that was like keeping me sane and like, it really helped me grow and, and find new friends and a, a new life. And so when that kind of got paused, it was it was hard. But um, it was my roommate at the time, um, me and him, we had a great time. We made the best out of it. And 
now it's just we um sad art started putting out music all throughout 2020 the summer we're like we're just gonna put out music so my first ever song vibes was um put out april 10th almost a full year ago um so that's how new i am to recording it's like my first song was recorded and put out on april 10th so i'm still pretty new comparatively <laughs> to a lot of the the people here in vegas and i just had a song played at the golden knights game um last week or week ago two weeks ago um gumbo was played there so that's really crazy if you're born and raised here and then like our first home team of something like it was really really cool like seeing my name on the big you know monitor and my song playing in front it was really kind of surreal and then uh vegas um vegas weekly had a write-up about sad art in there so like all of us signed it for my mom so that was cool <laughs> i'm like this is weird and then this is like my first like interview with like all the cameras <laughs> so it's kind of awkward but i'm like i guess i gotta get used to this but yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and i was gonna i was gonna actually it was one of my questions like what was that what is that experience like with getting like that hometown love from unlv for performing at unlv to that was the go to nights like so i've gotten a lot of people like say cool shit like oh sorry but uh kato the producer like he has known on like TikTok for all of his big things that have been like going viral and like he commented on some of my stuff and that's cool but something about vegas supporting you as a local who was born and raised here because we don't have many artists that come from here that are big and like neo doesn't really claim vegas like that you know like he doesn't be like yeah you know vegas like even though he's from here and dizzy does and dizzy writes great but like other than that we we're just starting i feel like it's been this crazy amount of energy over the past two to three years that i've noticed just like more and more vegas artists really starting to immerse and like showing that like we got potential too and i think vegas is going to be to me in my mind like the next like atlanta where shit just starts popping and like everybody's coming out and it's like bam we got this person this person because the amount of talent here and we're a melting pot everyone comes from everywhere so the amount of artistry is wild but so to bring that all back because <laughs> tangent um i think having them play my song just made me feel like Oh, like this is cool. Like I can't imagine like when I'm doing big shows, like I've always wanted to put on for Vegas so hard. Like and show that we're not just hospitality. We're not just hotels and, you know, strippers and <laughs> like we have a lot of talent and I really want to be a part of like that movement for Vegas. Yeah, I think a lot of people get that misconception, especially, you know, the tourists. Yeah. A, I've had people that are like, yeah. do you live in hotels? Like when they're like, what? Right. Yeah. They're like, they have no idea. Like, <laughs> what? It's just a regular city. Like, we have, we just like, have a large tourist mountains attraction. Mountains and, you yeah. know, trail. We have all types of things. Like we have outdoor things. Yeah. yeah. People, it's really hard from people who aren't here. Um, I, when I moved to Virginia, like the, the culture shock that I had um, from not seeing so many cultures and it not being very diverse and um, people stay in a lot. And like when I went to get liquor, and the, it closed, <laughs> like everything closed at like 6 p.m. And then on Sundays, they don't even start. It was wild. I'm like, excuse me. And like they, my friends came here to visit. They're like, wait, you have liquor at Walmart? Like they were going crazy. Like they're like, what? Like, so it was really weird. Like even just restaurants and things on Sunday would all close at like five or six. And I'm like, it was just like a whole different world. I was just not used to it. Like I, I'm, I didn't realize how much of a city girl I actually was, but I'm like, oh yeah, I stick out like a sore thumb. <laughs> but 
Um, it was cool though. I think that experience really helped me grow um, and see things that are different and in a more slowed down pace. And it really makes you um, sit with yourself. And I was by myself, so I had to go to movies by myself and I had to like kind of get to be comfortable and know myself, which, you know, a lot of people tend to, I think like artists, we tend to like put this persona on, of course, when we perform and then sometimes being alone in your own thoughts can be a lot. So like getting to know yourself and now I'm getting to know myself again because you know, you go through cycles. I was 22 at that time. Now I'm 30. So I'm like, it's totally different. Like I'm a completely different human. <laughs> so I think like we should always evolve and grow in every aspect of our life, yeah. not just our careers, but like everything. What fond memories can you share from the sounds of Kayoki frogs and roosters in Puerto Rico? Oh my God. <laughs> um, so, oh God. So in Puerto Rico, I went there when I was 15 for my friend's quinceanera and like the whole trip was so dope. Cause like I finally, I'd known, I've known my best friend's uh, Haiti since I was five years old. So we've grown up together. Like we have kids the same age now. It's really crazy. And um, we went to Puerto Rico and First, we stayed at her Titi Elda's house, which was in like um, Utuado, which is a small part of Puerto Rico and um, very like, you know, it's not touristy. It's very much just locals there. And there was this rooster <laughs> that like either had to be blind or something. I don't know what was wrong with this motherfucker, but like he would only like cockle doodle doo at night and like in the morning, nothing. So at night, we're just like, are you kidding me? And then, um, and then after spending a week and a half there, we went to um, a beach house and we spent um, the other week and a half there or two weeks, I don't remember. Um, when you're 15, it feels like forever. I felt like I was there for like eight months. Um, but uh, there was these little frogs, coqui. That's what they call them because they make the sound coqui, coqui at night. Um, there's also like the big ass bullfrogs are just like loud as shit too. And so we'd fall asleep to those, but at the time, so we had no idea. There was two different beds. I was laying in one of the beds and I kept getting bit everywhere on my ankles. I'm like, what the fuck is happening? I'm like, hey, you're not getting bit? She's like, no. So I'm like, what the hell? Turns out at the very end of our stay there, I look under the mattress and there's like a piece of coral and it was like sand mites. So like, that's why I kept getting bit. I was like, this is bullshit. <laughs> why didn't I find this in the beginning? <laughs> but that was an amazing trip. We were there for um, uh, Noche de San Juan, which is like a huge festival there. And that was so much fun. Burger King in Puerto Rico. Slaps. <laughs> they serve different it's stuff nice. there? Yeah, yeah okay. they have, um, so, um, you know, like, I don't know if you've ever seen like YouTube people, like when they go and like do, like they try foods from different countries and they go to the McDonald's or whatever is yeah, in that yeah. country. In Puerto Rico, like they have flan and like arroz con gandules and other stuff for like their regular menu. So like, and everything tasted way better than it does here. Okay, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> Puerto Rico was amazing. The yeah. waters are so clear and like, yeah, yeah. it was just, I can't wait to go back. Um, my titila actually during the hurricanes had to like rebuild her, like the, her roof twice. Cause it was just, they were hit really bad. Um, and it's sad because they've, the tourists have been taking over so much Puerto Rico for so long and like on beaches they weren't supposed to for locals. And I feel like that happens in a lot of places like Hawaii and it's like, they push out the people that have been there and it's just, it's sad to watch cause like they see their, their home and their place like being, you know, bombarded with hotels and just becoming a tourist attraction. But Puerto Rico is beautiful. It's, 
I'm not well traveled, so it's the most beautiful place I've been to, but I've never been out of the United States, so <laughs> I'm sure there'll be other places soon. <laughs> I'm manifesting that. I'll, if you want to fly me somewhere, <laughs> take me. <laughs> I'm getting my passport right now. <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah. Unfortunately, gentrification happens everywhere. So yeah. It's not <laughs> yeah. immune to anything. It's just, it's sad. Or, or, I don't know. Like, you become an artist. Like, to me, if you really care about art, you become an artist, whether it's music or, you know, painting, whatever, because of, like, how it makes you feel and how it makes other feel, not because of the money. The money is an added bonus. Like, wow, yeah, I can become rich at this. I can be, you know, I can live comfortably. Some people only get into it for the money. And, like, you know, there's nothing against that. There's people who go to school to become something just so they can make good money nothing against that we live in a capitalism place so you know but for me i'm just like art should be about like how it makes you feel and how it makes others feel so like the money that comes with it will be great and i really just want to travel like that's the biggest thing i i just want to go and see other cultures and try other people's food and you know dance to other people's music i was listening to like different african music and like it's just it's wild to hear what other people do with music. It, there's so many, like, it's limitless. Yeah, like, so many, takes. so many takes. And I'm super excited, because I feel like the more places you go and the more people you meet, you just, your vocabulary grows, your ideas grow, so I'm excited. <laughs> I'm manifesting all the traveling. <laughs> Please, yes. This is more of a question for, like, an advice for uh, musicians, but how can music, how can musicians use social media as a tool for growing or gaining new followers? Oh, social social media social social words. Social media is an amazing tool. It's I hate it and I love it. <laughs> it's a love hate relationship for sure, um, because you can go viral like that. I mean, you just never know. I think the biggest thing with social media that I've learned recently, because I used to just not post that often or time to post, it's consistency. If you're consistent, like the algorithm will like see that. And it's just, it's a lot of algorithms and it's a lot of shit that sometimes is very, like it just seems very unfair. But if you really just like anything are strategic about it and you take it seriously. Um, when I started posting more and more on TikTok, like I've actually fallen back a little, I need to get back on it. But when I was starting to post more and more and then post on my Instagram and posting on my YouTube, like it was starting to gain a lot more following. And it's just people want to, I think our generation, it's that instant gratification gratification like people want instant gratification it's like i want to hear you right now and then i want to see your next thing right now if you keep them waiting for too long people lose interest like so social media keeps you even if it's a one minute clip of you just talking about a project you're doing something like it keeps people interested in what you're doing like i feel like we're especially during the pandemic we're all nosy and just want to know what everyone else is doing with their life because we're bored yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, are, what are you making for dinner right, right. <laughs> jerk yeah. chicken again right. <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, yeah, it's a lot of uh, you, you. You like you have to play the game. Like it's yeah. not like if you're trying to get to that next level, whatever that next level is, or you're trying to gain that notoriety. You're trying to. Well, it helps build spread. when you build consistency over yeah. social media. You're really just being consistent with yourself. So yeah, like it, too, it, it yeah. forces me to be more creative and come up with different ways to like, okay, how do I approach this? Or if I, you know, my YouTube videos, if I start filming, how can I make each one better? How can I do better at this? And when you, when you look at it like that, that's how people think, people think it's like overnight success, which for some people it is, they go viral, but it's even then it's not overnight. Cause it's been months and years of preparation and work and to get there. And 
I think like that's what a lot of people were just like, man, like you just blew up overnight. No one sees all the hard work and like the the shows where there was two people and like nobody sees the nights where you like cry yourself to sleep because you're just like, am I gonna make it as an artist? And like you're like rethinking your whole life. Like people don't see those things. They just see the like glamour of like you did it and like, oh man, you're on yachts and doing this stuff. Cool. Like there's a lot that goes into it. And so I feel like I'm finally at a point where I'm prepared enough mentally to go into the game. Because music is like, it's an industry. And just like anything else, there's going to be like, your problems don't get smaller because you have money, they get bigger. And then you just have to deal with bigger stressors. So you got to learn how to handle the little stuff and like really do well with that before you jolt yourself into something else. Or else that's, I think, how people like not fail, but like get overwhelmed in it because they weren't prepared for a lot of the stuff that comes with it. Yeah. Yeah, and de developing that work effort yeah. early is going to be beneficial for them in the future. And being good with yourself to know that, like, people are constantly going to want more of you. You know, like, Frank Ocean didn't drop some people like, we need Frank Ocean stuff. Like, you've got to realize that people are going to expect more from you. They're going to want things from you. And you've got to really be cool with you. If you're not cool with yourself, like, when you go into that, I don't, I think that's when people have a hard time. Yeah. Like, that's why I'm working on, like, the biggest thing is, like, I know it's so fucking cheesy, but they're, like, you gotta love yourself first. Yeah. It's true, though. It is like, true, yeah. So, and I think as we get older, we realize that, like, oh, shit, like, yeah, I should probably really focus on yeah. being cool with me so that when I go out and start doing things, I don't care what other people are going to say. Because, yeah. like, people are going to say really mean shit online. Yep. <laughs> the yep. internet is not it. a safe yep. place. No, it's not. <laughs> it's really, really rough. Like, yeah. and then people, um, I know I've had it happen where you have, like, you have 40 great comments, but you have one that stands out that's just like, you're fucking lame. And you're just like. <laughs> and then you focus on the one. Yeah, and you focus. So it's hard to just like be like, you know what? Not everyone's going to like me. Mm. I think the biggest thing there, I, I had tweeted about it is I posted on um, Twitter that like somebody told me at my old work, I used to work at Zappos. I was slinging them shoes <laughs> and belts and furs and whatever else. And um, somebody, we were talking about John Legend and they were like, he can't sing. He's horrible. I'm like, excuse me? And I'm just like, it just goes to show that like you could be fucking great. Other people could think you're amazing. There's still going to be people that are like, you're ain't shit. I'm like, okay. <laughs> you have to let people be entitled to, entitled to their opinions and just like not let it like get to you. It's like all got to be water off a duck's back. So, and I'm, sh I struggle with that. I used to be a people pleaser so bad. I wanted everyone to like me and I wanted to, and now I'm just like, all right, this is what, it I think when you get older, you're just like, fuck it. Yeah. Like, you, this is either who you got or I don't know what else to give you. Yeah, it doesn't get you anywhere emotionally. I'm awkward yeah. and I'm loud and goofy. And like, if you're not cool with that, then that's cool. Keep stepping. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't get you anywhere emotionally, no. you know, because you have to constantly have that bucket filled. Yeah. Yeah, especially too, you know, I mean, I have no problem talking about it, but being a plus size singer and rapper, especially in like the industry and like the only other person really is Lizzo. And like, there's not a lot of people to look up to that, you know, do that. It's hard because growing up, I didn't think that I could because like when you don't see people that are like you, you're just like, uh, you know, I don't know. The representation means a lot for everybody, every culture, every, you know, body shape, everything. So like I had to be very comfortable with like, yeah, there's things I want to change. But like if I can be really just comfortable with myself and show that like if you're talented and you want to do something, just fucking do it. Don't care what other people say, because those little things will stop you. Yeah. And then there's somebody out there with less talent who's going to make it because they believe in themselves more. And like I just had to be like, you know what? 
I'm just gonna go for this shit. <laughs> you had a cancer scare? Yes, damn. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, so recently, um, um, I had found uh, like, you know, a lump in my breast like last year and didn't really think anything of it because I'm young and like, you know, but my grandmother had breast cancer a few years ago and she survived, but um, she had to have surgery and everything. Um, and so with COVID happening, it was really hard to get into doctors because like everybody was kind of like not getting back to you. Things were busy, COVID. So like everything was kind of put off and then um, eventually got kind of worse and I had to go get like testing in and stuff. And it was pretty scary because like, I mean, I walked into this cancer center and it's like, I'm the youngest one there. And it's like all these old ladies, you know, and like um, mammograms and ultrasounds and all those things. And then it's weeks in between finding out results. So it's never just like, yeah, you'll know right now. And then did a biopsy and um, it was really like, it, it put a lot of things into perspective. Cause like you start thinking about like, okay, what would I do if something happens? And I think I just kept going into it, like whatever happens, happens. Cause like worrying about it isn't gonna make it go away. And like, if it is, it is, if it isn't, it isn't. And um, I got my biopsy back and it was benign. So still might have to have like surgery to get the tumor out. But like, that was like a huge relief. For weeks, I kind of like self isolated and kind of didn't do as much music and kind of went away from my friends. Cause I tend to just like, self-isolate it's not the greatest thing in the world but um yeah that was really scary and um a month before that finding out that i had done cpr on a little girl in my neighborhood and saved her life it was that was really it was like back-to-back -back things that were very life-altering and like made me really thankful for life like i think a lot of us don't realize how much of a gift it is to be here like yeah life is gonna be shitty sometimes like it's gonna be hard but like roller coasters aren't fun if there's no ups and downs like if it's just doing this it's not really gonna <laughs> um so it made me really thankful and i think it just put a lot of things into perspective and um about taking care better care of my health and just doing whatever I can to be like, to just go for things. I really just, after that, I was like, always go time. Like there's nothing stopping me. Like it's life is too short. Like we could all just be gone tomorrow. So, you know, Thanos could pop up today and <laughs> snap us all away. <laughs> so yeah, I, that was a, that was a scary situation though. And when I told my guy friends, like in Sadar, I kind of like text them and I was like, Hey guys, like, Half of them were like, you didn't even tell us. I'm like, I know, like, I just, I like to go through things privately, um, which is like, might as well go through them privately now. Cause I feel like when you get in the limelight, everything is everyone's business. So it's like, it's kind of nice to go through these things now where it's like, I can not have everyone know about it. But I, I am trying to be more open about those things. Cause I do tend to be a little closed off about like my personal life. I keep like my music and then like, you don't know anything about me. I'm just like, so Scorpio in me is so secretive, but. Yeah. It's, it's nice letting people in to things like this. Thanks for bringing it. <laughs> <laughs> well, are, are you building a support group for yourself? Um, yeah. You know, like, so since when my, me and my ex-husband broke up, like, um, it was really hard because when you're with somebody for seven plus years, like, especially got together so young, you know, that was my entire youth. So, um, my whole life was about him and his friends and his job. And so when you're like, oh, what do I do now? And um, finding friends of your own and like the music 
um, the arts, I want to say arts in general here in Vegas has really, the arts community has really like made me find so many amazing friends and people. And I feel like I have a great support group between like my very close friends that I've always had. Um, I'm lucky to have like six people I've known for 15 plus years. So um, that's really awesome. And then my newer friends for my music and sad art is a, we're like, one big, I, they're just like all my brothers. They're all really annoying. Can't stand all of you bitches. Um, <laughs> but they're really great. Like they really just make me feel like I can be more of myself. They've actually taught me how to be more like, they're letting me be more feminine and vulnerable. Cause I, when you grow up being the oldest and like I had to take care of my brother a lot and I was very, um, I went through a lot as a kid. So like I was very like strong and like, you can't like I was in sports and I was around guys all the time so I'm like you can't cry and like you can't be soft and like I think as a defense mechanism that masculinity kind of showed out and now I'm letting myself kind of be more into my femininity I'm like oh I do want to cry right now <laughs> like, it's, I'm like oh this is so uncomfortable like they're, they kind of force me they're like come here give me a hug I'm like don't do that like <laughs> but they kind of force it on me and it's helped a lot I can kind of hear it in my music, the way some of my music started, it's very like about my ex and sad and like, and then there's more like upbeat stuff like gumbo was very, I was feeling myself obviously when I made gumbo, but now I'm starting to like get more into like who I am and I'm, I'm trying more things with music. And so I feel like a year from now, especially cause I'm, I'm in the works of trying to get a band together and doing all that. I feel like a year from now, I'm really going to have my sound because I'm really starting to figure out like who I am and what I want to sound like. And I feel like artists like will always experiment with different sounds because that's just part of art is doing that. But I'm, I'm starting to find more of who I am in that sound. Because like if there's when you think of like your favorite artist, like let's say a Kendrick, right? He can rap on any style, but you know who he is when you hear him because, you know what I mean? Like there's always that thing that people know you for. And it's like, once you get really comfortable with just being like, okay, who am I and what do I sound like? And then just taking that and including it in other things. That's where I'm at now in my process is trying to do that with my music. Yeah, a lot of artists don't really like figure that out until like a little you know a little later yeah so I, I mean yeah. <laughs> i was like i am figuring that out pretty early but i had all these traumatic things happen over the past like year like so yeah. close that it was like and you've lived life yeah like yeah so you have enough <laughs> I've life been experience. through a lot in yeah. my life so yeah. I, but i feel like i i hold it pretty well i don't um i used to be you don't think you're bitter about things until like it's brought up in a situation where you're like i didn't know i was bitter about that uh, there's a lot of hard to swallow pills. Like growth within yourself is a lot of like, oh yeah, maybe that wasn't great of me. Or like, yeah, you know, you're always like, you're always going to be the demon in someone's story. You're never going to be like perfect to everybody. So like accepting my flaws and being like, okay, well, how can I grow from that? Or it's, it's a fucking, pro it's, it's tiring. It's a process. <laughs> but like, I think I do have a little bit, um, of an advantage because I feel like going into this now where had I had kept going in 2020 and there was no COVID, I think I would have gotten pushed into things maybe before I was ready. So I really feel like whether you, I'm spiritual, not religious, but like God, whoever, you know, like really was like, we're going to slow it down because I really want you to work on you before you get pushed into all of this. Because now things are up and running and I'm starting to get shows again. And I have a show on the 23rd, a shameless plug <laughs> for the jam um, at the Space LV. And it's going to be my first time back at the jam. And it's, it's so exciting 
to see like all the people and now have this like different um, presence in myself. Like I've always been confident on stage, but it's now I'm confident a little bit more off stage too, which is like the battle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is yeah. like joining those two. Yeah. So. It should be fun. (laughs) Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to see where things are going. I really do think like great things are coming for me and the people I know in this city like soon. Like I think sooner than we think. Yeah. Like I don't even know if I'm 100% ready. I'm just long for the ride. (laughs) I'm like, fuck it. Yeah, and that's all you can be. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. In your own way, what are you doing to break down generational curses? Ooh. Um, Okay, so... (laughs) I, there's this quote and I was like, generational curses random or it ran in my family until it ran into me. And I'm like, man, like that's deep. Like there's so many things that I've realized, like our parents try their best, right? They are just a product of how they were raised and learning to forgive a lot of things that you're never going to get apologies for. And, um, trying to raise, I have a three-year-old, so he'll be four next month. And watching him grow, and especially as a little black boy, you know, like there's so much he's going to see in this world so differently than me growing up. And it's like, I get to give him a healed version of a mother. And it's like, I feel like that's so important for kids. Like me and my ex, we're, we're not the greatest all the time. We don't really like, but we put a lot of things aside for him and he's happy. So like, that's the best part of like having your own kid and and trying to break a lot of those generational curses is like okay I for him to be happy like I have to be happy like it's hard when I see single moms like we're all just doing our best but like who make their kid like their best friend and this and like I don't know what I would do without you like I don't want my son to feel such a heavy burden at such a young age like your kid just be a kid like I got this and like if he sees me happy and doing really good things and following my dreams like I that'll sh- like cuz kids don't listen to you. They watch everything you do. So if he sees me going after my dreams and he sees me pursuing things and not giving up when things get hard and um you know handling things with like grace and kindness like then he'll do that. And that's like the most I can ask for. If I can break that generational curse just by itself, I feel like that will be like blessings on blessings later (laughs) he's great and he's hilarious his name's apollo that's why i have the apollo tattoo oh okay yes he's hilarious and he already has like shows so much like genuine interest for music it's so dope he'll sing my songs in the backseat (laughs) you know this mama song and he'll sing it i'm like oh my god like (laughs) that's the best thing ever like The only thing that'd be better is like when Timberland hits me up and is like, I love you. I'm like, <laughs> but like other than that, my son being like, I love this song. I'm like, you got good taste, kid. <laughs> that's awesome to always see, you know, your child yeah. supporting you. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's amazing. It's really cool. Yeah. And he's, he's got rhythm. He's like already, like he loves drums. And like, if I tap a beat, he can follow me. And like, it's really cool. Like, I'm excited to get him into music lessons young. Like, I don't. I'm not gonna push it on him because I want him to do whatever he wants. I don't want him to think he has to do something I'm doing, but like, it, whatever he wants to do, like I want him to try all the things. Cause like when you grow up with not a lot of money, like you don't get to do a lot of the things that like you don't get to grow up with like all the lessons and this. Like I feel like I maybe would by now would have known an instrument if that was the case. But um, there was this thing in Vegas. I don't know if it's everywhere, but it's called Inner City Games. And so when we were younger, like they had swimming and hip hop dance classes and like every sport you can think of. So I used to do that because it was for like 
everybody it was open to the public and so that was like my thing that's how i got to try a little bit of everything yeah so that was cool it was like the why i guess it was like, like a, a huge a community like, center yeah, yeah okay yeah 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 it was really cool yeah that's awesome yeah um how can you stay motivated as a musician <sighs> motivation is one of those things that like it needs to come from like within because I used to look for motivation through validation and like a lot of outside sources and then it's fleeting like it comes and goes I feel like anything whether you're trying to like be more fit or you're trying to reach like a PR or you're trying to get like a raise anything like motivation has to come with it from within like you just have to wake up and can it's consistency um, I'm reading this book called The Power of Now, which is an amazing book. Go get it if you have not read it. Um, and it talks about how, like, if you're just 1% better, every single 1%, like, that adds up so much. And it's, like, making little tiny things, um, like, finding out who it is you want to be and what, what does that person look like? What does that person eat? What does that person, you know, what's their routine? And when you think about, like, who you want to be and what that person would look like and do, and you start incorporating those tiny little habits, you inadvertently reach your goals because you're just changing little things so like motivation is one of those things like just wake up and like every single day just affirmation what do i want how am i going to get there you know like and it's always going to change because then once you reach a certain goal you're like okay what's the next goal but then trying not to be obsessed with that either because there's the obsession with like okay i've reached this now i got to do this now and it's like you know like the point of life is to enjoy it because if you're only happy when you've reached the goal and you're not enjoying the process you're gonna feel like you miss so many parts of it like i'm trying to enjoy the process of being the struggling artist like i'm living back with my parents right now it's been rough okay 2020 did me dirty but i'm like it's okay i had to spend my dirty 30 really dirty and i was like i had plans to go to greece and it messed me up um but like you really just gotta enjoy the process in anything you're doing like I used to be like, okay, I'm going to make this hit song or write this hit thing. And it's like, now I just enjoy the process of being in the studio or like being around my friends and being around creatives and things like this. Like, you know, not everybody gets to do shit like this. This is really cool. Yeah. And like to be like, oh, when was your first interview? <laughs> you know, it was with Jamal, the jam <laughs> company. It was pretty great. Like, I was really awkward. Um, but like those things are the things that I feel like we miss in everyday life. Like, have you ever been so excited to get to the beach or, like, drive somewhere that you didn't even, re like, the drive, you don't even remember half the drive or how you got somewhere? And it's, like, I feel like that's what life is like sometimes. Like, we are so focused on, like, that thing we want to get to that we miss all the other really dope shit along the way that was happening. So it's, like, I'm trying to be a little bit more, like, aware and, like, present because I, uh, I think, like, when you have a lot of traumatic experiences growing up, no matter what they come from, you tend to live in either like the the past of like what had happened, I wish I could do this, or like the present of I'm going to do this. So living in that present area, like right now, like it's very important. And like that's I think where like I'm trying to keep my motivation coming from is the right now. Like what's keeping me motivated right now? Because like it's from moment to moment. So not even day to day. Like one moment it may be my son. One moment it's like... <laughs> Oh, I need to eat, so my motivation is make some money. <laughs> it's like, you know, and then my motivation is like, I want to have fun. And so, so, like, it changes, but it's always got to come from, I think everything is internal. I, the more, like, I read and get older and, and just learn from my friends and what to do and what not to do, it's always internal. Like, everything you see is, is a reflection of how you feel inside. 
if, if everything's shitty, it's because your reflection, that's how you feel, is that everything's shitty, it's what you're projecting, so. I can go on and on about projections, though, and like, oh, that's a whole nother subject. Definitely. Yeah, I think uh, it's, it's not a straight path towards your goals. Yeah. I don't think anything in life is linear. No. Like, everything is just like scattered and just like, Oh, Bruce Lee. I love Bruce Lee. That's my boy, Bruce Lee. Um, he would be like, he just be like water. Like, it's literally, and you're like, okay. But like, no, like, really, what does that mean? It's like, you know, water doesn't fight. It just molds to whatever it's in, and it flows. And like, it's really hard, like, to do that. It's easy to be like, yeah, you know, I'm just going to go with the flow. But then there's thoughts and emotions and things stopping us and like fears. And so now I've learned that if I'm afraid of something, I should do it because there's growth in the uncomfortableness. So like, this is kind of uncomfortable, but I'm like, it's gonna make me grow. And like, um, fears of like, getting on stage and failing, or, or you know, like, not doing well. Yesterday's show, I fucked up one of my lyrics and had them restart it. And I was like, you know what? Like, these people don't care. Like, like you really just have to be fearless in the sense of like, failure is gonna be your greatest lesson. Like, I learned so much from the shit I did wrong more than the things that I've done right. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, you when you do something really messed up, you really, you that's when you get, like, your biggest lessons. Yeah, it's almost, like, tattooed in your brain. Yeah. Of, like, that's a reminder of not to do that. Yeah, like, remember that one time? That <laughs> right. shit did not feel good? Yeah, right. don't do that. Right, like, right. And I, I think, like, we learn that as kids. You know, you put your hand on the stove, you're like, oh, shit, I don't touch the stove no more. You know, kids will learn. Um, but... The one thing about watching kids, now that I have a son, is watching children, they don't have the fear. They jump from things because they don't know what it's like to break a bone or to hurt themselves, so they just do it. And there's like something so beautiful. And when we look at kids and why they're so, they don't know. They haven't been told that they can't fly. They haven't been told that they can't be these things. Like we tell them these things as they get older. Society yeah, does what yeah. they can and can't be. And they can't comprehend it yeah. because they're just being learning language Being an adult is literally just right unlearning now. all the shit yeah. and becoming a child again. Yeah. Like I really feel like being becoming an adult is just learning to be a child again. Yeah. Because if we can learn to have the, like, those childlike ways of looking at life where like no one's told me I can't do it. Like anyone who's ever invented anything that's been important, mm -hmm. everybody's like, you're crazy. Yeah. That's not gonna work. Yeah. And you have to just be like, okay, well, I think it will. And yeah. you just have to keep doing that. Like, And when you hear that, somebody, that that's got to be an indicator for you to keep going. Too. Yeah. And you know, like, it, it's really hard because in, I feel like everybody, every artist might have this, except for maybe some people like Kendrick was kind of put on by the city and stuff like that. But like, your city is usually the last people to kind of like support and mess with you. Like, honestly, it's strangers. Like your closest friends aren't going to be the people playing your music all the time. And like, you would hope so. You think like, but they see you as just their friend. They don't know how to see you in the light that people who don't know you can see you in. So it's come to like, I used to get really bothered by it. And I'd be so upset when like my friends, they're not even coming to my shows. They're not showing me any support. And I would take it so personal. And I'm just like, they just know you as goofy ass Tana. Like they don't, they don't see you as this person. And so you have to prove sometimes yourself to people and, um, and not take it personal along the way. And that's been a lesson to learn because now I just kind of go with it. And I'm thankful if I get three likes on a video or 300 likes, like, and I try not to value myself based on likes and shares and numbers. Cause like that can be a lot that can be, that can stop people from doing stuff. They just don't see 
the success. And I'm like, it takes one time for one person to hear me and share something. And now I have 300,000, you know what I mean? Like, so I try to just keep going regardless if I'm getting barely any, even though it's really hard sometimes for that ego, our egos are like yeah. bruised. It's very hard to keep that in check. My ego used to be like a banana. It would bruise very easily. Okay. Now my, my, I, I would say it's more like, uh, I don't know. I don't know what vegetable doesn't bruise very well, but it, bad analogy <laughs> but it's not as easily bruised like i still have moments where i'm just like oh and i have to kind of check my ego i'm just like oh okay but hmm? <laughs> uh what symbolism did you take away from finding a necklace with your name on it that you thought you lost <laughs> this necklace okay so wild story lord jesus okay who are you narwhal what do you think <laughs> okay i like this um okay so me and my ex-husband, he bought me this necklace when I was in Virginia. He still, I think it was like a year when I had been in Virginia and um, after he had proposed and this was like a birthday present. I wore it one time to a bar, got really drunk <laughs> and could not find it after that. I thought I swore up and down that I had lost it at the bar or something. I was like, I don't, I don't know where I put the necklace. I've never been good with jewelry, to be honest. Like, I lose jewelry so quickly. I've been a lot better lately, though, because um, I have a lot more pieces I actually care about. So, um, actually, never mind. I'm not going to go into that tangent. It, I think that was a reflection of not caring about personal things is like a reflection of not caring about yourself. But that's a whole other story. Anyways, back to the necklace. <laughs> um, I lost it. I would look for it and look for it the whole time I was in Virginia. Now, mind you, that's... 2013 and 14, right? I came back from Virginia, lived with my ex-husband and his parents for a little while. We got our own place, moved again. Me and him split up, moved again. And then just recently I moved back to my parents and I'm moving and I find this jar that had um, like, just like a savings jar, you know, for like a piggy bank. And I don't remember having it in Virginia, so which, is, which is wild to me. And I'm looking through it because I'm just moving things and I'm trying to get rid of a lot of stuff because I'm like, I didn't realize how many over three years you collect a lot of things. So like, I'm just like, I got to move shit and I just, I'm throwing away like everything. I'm just like, fuck it. I don't have the patience for this. But, um, so I'm going through things and I look at it. I'm like, you got to be fucking kidding me. Like I, I said those exact words. I'm like, there's no way. Like, and I looked at it and I was like, of course, like if I look back on who I was then, and who I am now and the journey of like finding myself. Like I almost cried finding this and not because of like, oh, my ex gave it to me. It wasn't even any of that. It was literally just the symbolism of like me. Oh, I'm getting emotional thinking about it. Like finding myself again. Like I felt so lost for so many years about like, who am I? Like, what do I even like? And, and finding myself through that journey and then finding this, it was like, I don't know. It was like spirit's way of just being like, here you go. You're Tana again. After so many years of like not feeling like myself or feeling worthy. And like I got worthy tattooed on me the other day. Cause I'm just like, I really just need to be reminded that like we were born worthy. We're born perfect. And everything else makes us feel like we're not. And this was just like, it was just so symbolic and it makes me emotional thinking about it, but it was such a dope moment. Like, I don't know. I can't explain it. The universe does weird things and it just made me feel very much like I'm in alignment with my purpose and who I'm supposed to be and who I'm supposed to become. 
And I feel like there's moments throughout our life like that if you pay attention. Now, I don't think if you're not paying attention to things, you don't notice these moments. But like, there's certain moments that are just there to be like, hey, you're doing you're doing good. Like you're on the right track. And it's I'm excited. I don't know. It just made me really hopeful for everything in the future. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm when you said I'm not religious, but I'm spiritual. I've definitely I align with that because especially like in the past like two three years. I've been taking everything as a sign of like, oh, this is this is like the universe telling me I should be doing this and not that. Mm-hmm. Or like, I don't know, for example, like um, I thought it was like the opportunity was there. Mm-hmm. I thought I was going to have it. But then it's just like everything fell apart. I was like, oh, so that really just wasn't test. really, really wasn't meant for me. So that's like, I'm just trying to take everything as a sign. Yeah. When you're not aware of those things, those things falling apart feel like the end. Like, and learning to let things fall apart because it wasn't meant for you, like, that's, like, kudos to you. Because it takes a lot of people, like, a long time to do that. Like, it took me a long time to be like, okay. Like, moving back in with my parents, I looked at that like, shit, I'm 30 years old. I have a kid. Like, I'm moving back in with my parents. Like, there was this part of me that felt like a failure. And I was just like... Uh, my music like I should be doing these and society puts these things on like by numbers you should be doing this or by this you should and like you hear it all the time you see those posts like people didn't start doing stuff till like 40s and 50s and they still became successful so it's like learning to just let it go and like really just let whatever happen and I'm not religious because to me religion like it separates us it puts us it's always been about war and money and the wrong things and I feel like religion always separates us and I'm respectful of people who have their religions because believing in anything is is great you know and for the better good um but I just think spirituality is just me being like hey whatever you believe in like I believe I believe we all believe in the same thing it's just who knows what the hell it is source whatever you know people want to call it God Allah whatever you know like we all just want to feel like there's something bigger and then the more you read, though, and the more you read even scriptures, because, um, like, I grew up Christian. I read the Bible. Like, you know, it's just the more you read it, it's like there's so much of it that says, like, you are me. Like, I, we are God. Like, we are a reflection of that. And if we saw each other like that, like, if we saw ourselves as gods, we would treat each other better. But a lot of us don't see ourselves like that, you know. So the more you start seeing yourself highly, the more you'll have better interaction with people and seeing them highly. And I don't have as many bad interactions with people anymore. And I, I really do think it's just because of my general outlook. And, um, you know, saving that little girl um, was like symbolism for me. It felt like I was saving the little girl in me that went through so much and um, like giving myself another opportunity in life by following my dreams. Like there was, there's been so much symbolism for me that it's kind of hard to ignore. Like there's, even relationships like I've only been in one relationship since my ex-husband and like that ended in January but we're still friends and like it wasn't this monumental like horrible thing like it was really like I think we're just here to enjoy people and you get you don't get to choose how much time you get to have with that person you know some my friend's husband passed away like you know like it's it seems unfair but like you really just like unconditional love is loving someone for as long as they're there and when they're not you can love them when they're gone you know I still have love for my ex-husband. There's not hate there. I can't stand him sometimes, but there's not hate there. Like, I think when you just really learn to like love people and just like let things go when it's time to go, life becomes a little bit more like 
not easier because it can still be hard, but it's just more enjoyable. You're just like, okay, well, it is what it is. Yeah, yeah, like, you have a certain perspective on yeah. it. Yeah, and if you would have had me in this interview like six months ago, even like a year ago, like it would have been a different person in this interview. Like I've gone through so many changes and I'm so excited for like my career and the things that I'm gonna do. Like. I just know I'm gonna do dope shit. I feel like when uh, when Dave Chappelle was talking about Kanye when he got on the show, he's like, "I'm dope and I do dope shit." I'm like, "You really have to feel like that about yourself." Like, you, when when Kanye told, he's, I mean, say what you want about Kanye being crazy, whatever else, he believes in himself. When he said, "I'm gonna make these and it's gonna be the best brand," where, like, I'm gonna be able to, sp people are gonna pay five hundred dollars for my shoe. They're like, "You're crazy." And I guess what? When he first like, charged, like it was like five hundred dollars for a shirt. It was a basic yeah, white shirt people, with holes in it. Yeah. And now look at. Yeah. Everybody, like, right. you know, everyone's got Yeezys, everyone's doing stuff, and it's like, you just really gotta be your own fan. People will follow you eventually because you believe in you. There's something so empowering about someone who just believes in themselves, you kinda can't help but believe in them. Like, so. Because you wanna see where it goes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, so I don't mind if, like, people don't always see my vision, mm -hmm. you know. I got four eyes. You're not, you're not always going to see what I see. <laughs> and I've been through a lot. So, like, I just, like, kind of let people see what they want and say what they want now and feel how they want. And, you know, that's it. Like, and then I think the more people get to know me, it'll, it'll really show, like, I just want to show the world that, like, we could all be really fucking kind to each other and be really cool and have a lot of fun and uh, enjoy the most out of it because there are going to be really shitty moments in life. And if we hold on to like those certain people or certain things that make us happy, like it makes those really hard moments a lot better. Like art makes this world a better place in every form. Yeah. That's, that's a good name. Welcome to my TED talk. <laughs> that's a good way to end that. So go ahead and uh, plug your music and where we can find you online. So, uh, you can find me on Spotify, on Apple Music, on Tidal, um, YouTube, your, your mama's 8-track, like everywhere. Uh, but I have a YouTube channel. I think it's Tana Sings with a Z always. I was young. Um, but you can look me up on there. I have my music on there. I have uh, covers that I do. Um, starting a band soon, so look out for that. And on the 23rd of April this month, I will be at the Space LV with the jam. Um, it's the first jam that's back from COVID, so it'll be amazing. And yeah, I have a new song coming out this summer with our group, Sad Art Collective, so look out for that. Awesome. <laughs> and thank you for having me. Of course, of course. Jam. Thank you for watching. Keep jamming.